Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. We are in episode 68, and this is a continuation of our conversation with Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Now, I hope that you listened to last week's episode, episode 67, where Jolie and I talked about growing together while staying true to you. Basically, the whole point of that episode was in relationships, you have to grow together. If you don't grow together, you are going to inevitably grow apart. But while you are growing together, it's important that you stay true to you, that you continue to grow as an individual, not just as a couple. Well, y'all, today we are going to continue this conversation and I just love her so much. I'm telling you guys, when you listen, I don't know if you get excited about relationships like I get excited about relationships, but when you listen to today's episode, she just drops so much knowledge on us. I hope that you guys are catching this. I hope that you're not just listening with one ear and it's just going in one ear and out the other, but that this is really settling into your hearts. So today we are talking about intentionality and compatibility. All right, so I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty because I want you to listen to the episode, but can we just talk about compatibility for a second? There are so many couples and people who are searching for their compatible partner, who divorce and leave relationships because they don't feel that they are compatible. And Jolie takes compatibility and turns it on its head. And I think that this is such an important conversation. This whole chunk that we're going to talk about as far as compatibility, we could have stretched this out into probably an entire series. Literally, it's that good. All right. Well, I've talked up the episode enough. We're going to pick up this conversation from the tail end of last week's conversation. So if the beginning part sounds a little bit familiar, there's about a minute and a half or so where we are picking up this conversation from last week. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our conversation today with Dr. Jolie Hamilton on intentionality and compatibility. I was literally thinking of an instance where I'm I'm not a nature girl and the fact that I like hiking and trails and things. I'm very, very, um, how do I say, I'm definitely a, you know, city girl who likes her modern amenities and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I say I like nature, I love the beach. I love like the butterfly, the whole story of the butterfly metamorph. Yeah. I could watch butterflies all day. So there's certain things that I think in my younger years, I would try to force my husband to experience with me. And I wanted him to have the same reaction that I had. I yes. wanted him to find that same joy out of whatever those things were. And when he didn't, I felt like, oh, we're not compatible. You know, oh, he doesn't, you know, and, and then it started to become a judgment thing. Then mm-hmm. judging his character based on an experience that I wanted him to have that he didn't. And so I love the fact that you said, even if they have a different reaction to the butterfly or the whatever it is, the experience, the fact that they were willing to go on that journey with you speaks loudly. It, it says, does. I love you and I'm here. And again, I see you. I might not right. see the world the same way. I might not get excited about the same experiences, but I'm, I see you and I'm here with you. Right. And I think that we need to have more gratitude for our spouses, for our partners, for the people that God has placed in our lives when they're willing to go on that journey with us. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point about compatibility. Mm. I think that if we imagine 
that there is an amount of compatibility that has to just be present. And it's sort of magical. It's external to us. Mm -hmm. And we're just looking for the clues to see, do they check off all the boxes? We're forgetting that we create our compatibility. We, we decide my partner and I are super different. Um, My best friend and I super, super different. It's the language that we use around that. Like my partner and I, I heard you say it. We're really, really different. That's great. Mm -hmm. How boring would it be if you were exactly the same, right? So you can make your own, you can make your own compatibility if you decide that it's okay to be different. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to be different. You know, you have different experiences and different, um, I, I I feel like when I'm, my husband's very much into sports, I was never really a sports girl. I was a cheerleader. I didn't know what was going on in the games half the time. You know what I mean? But I love totally. the encouragement. Um, I've always been an encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, being with him and like all, so all of my analogies are um, usually nature or fitness or whatever. All of his analogies are sports. And so I've learned so much from him just because of, I've been open to the things that he likes. I've been open to how God created him. And I think that if we could get that, like there are so many parents even who are, I think subconsciously they want their children or consciously they want their children to thrive, but then subconsciously it's like, they're trying to force their children to be little mini thems. Oh yes. And (laughs) it's not love partners in relationship. When you're trying to force your partner to be like you, that isn't love. Love is saying, I realize that you're different than me. And I love that. I was attracted to you because of that. And so I'm going to allow you to flourish and grow and be who you're going to be. And I appreciate the fact that you're going to allow me to flourish and grow and be who I'm going to be. And we can meet in the middle. We can have great shared experiences or the things my husband, if he wants me to get all excited about a game, that's just not me. So he's got male friends who can do all that stuff with him. And I need to be able to release him to do that and not feel any, any kind of way. Cause he doesn't want to spend all his time with me. <laughs> totally. Totally. You, you just, you nailed it. There's this desire we have to make, to mold our children, to mold our partners into being these mirrors of ourselves. But that is, that's sort of a, a fatal flaw. It's a, it's an Achilles heel that we're inviting in, right? Like it's, yeah. it's where we're going to get hurt too, because if we're doing that, we're forgetting that we get to be ourselves. So a, a thing that happens really early, right? You So you meet somebody, you fall in love, whatever that in love feels like for you. A lot of what's going on there is just you projecting the things you wish you could own about yourself all over them and seeing them. So like I fell in love with my husband and I thought he was just the smartest person in the whole world. Over the course of the 12 years, well, I've gotten three more degrees and like, and he has encouraged me to live my intelligence. I'm like, oh yeah, he's smart, but what I saw was my, my golden shadow that I couldn't own. And I projected it all over him. And once I could release him to be himself in his own brilliance, I could have mine too. It's been a profound learning experience. And now when I point it out to people, we have to go on a little, we have to go on a little cave expedition. Like, okay, what have you been disowning? What have you been asking your partner to carry for you that actually is yours? You want that, that that's your stuff reclaim it because then you can walk with your partner in some joy. You can stop asking them to hold all your stuff. You get tired. <laughs> right. And they do too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and what are they asking you to hold? Mm-hmm. Cause you can actually say, Oh, you know what? This isn't actually my thing. You just said it sports. This isn't my thing. I release you to that joy. Tell me how joyful you are afterwards. Maybe I won't understand the score. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can bask in your joy. and. 
that's enough. That's right. You know, I think about, I'm thinking about like high functioning couples and I know that your book, and I definitely want to get into your book, you know, you wrote a book called a project relationship and I'm thinking about entrepreneurs specifically or, um, or high functioning couples who a lot of times they'll start off kind of at the bottom together. And then one person will start to become quote more successful than another. And instead of them, um, growing together, if you will, or at least appreciating the growth, like some, sometimes there's seasons. And this yeah. is what I've learned about my life is that there's sometimes seasons where my husband, it's his time. It's yeah. my time to really support him and just cheer him on and do whatever I can as he experiences this wonderful season of growth. And then the seasons change and now it's my time. And I want to know, Jolie, how have you, how, I know you wrote the book and I want to talk about why you wrote it and what was your inspiration behind that, but for high functioning couples or for entrepreneur, uh, couple entrepreneur couples, how have you been able to see, um, just what we've been talking about, this kind of shared responsibility? How has that, how can that best play out? I guess is the, is the question that I'm trying to ask. Yeah. Okay. There's two things in here that are important. One is the idea Um, people often will choose somebody who's just as ambitious as themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then they get frustrated because they try to build a life together. And uh uh-oh, you have to figure out how, like, okay, how are you going to do it? Who's going to take care of the house? Who's going to, who's going to drive the kids to daycare? Who's going to do all the things, right? Because once you start making a life together, uh uh-oh, we all need a wife from the 1950s, right? So (laughs) who's going to do that becomes like the, the, this huge mountain to climb together. On the other hand, some high-functioning couples don't recognize that 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 high-functioning leaves them with lots of options. They box themselves in. And what I notice is they they think that relationships should be easy or they think relationships should be really hard. Mm -hmm. And those two people are always married to each other, the person who thinks it's supposed to be easy and the person who thinks it's supposed to be a lot of work. And so what happens is they, they can't quite function because they are... They're demanding from each other a certain level of care done in a certain way, but they never negotiated it. They never actually talked about how it was going to play out. We're great at having the big ambitions. I, as an entrepreneur myself, like big ambition, no problem. But what about the nuts and bolts? Who's going to do the thing? How is this set up? Who has the power? Who is negotiating? Who's doing the money? Who's all of this stuff? I am a big fan of actually getting really explicit in our relationships. I think this is the key for entrepreneurs and high-functioning couples to shifting out of their childhood stories and just reliving their parents' marriage, which does not work because you're not your parents, and that probably didn't work anyways. Um, Shifting out of that requires us to get explicit and start making plans, planning on our relationship the same way we would plan for any other big project actually deciding to do it. And so people, the people who come to me who say, um, relationships should be a lot of work. He doesn't understand that it should be a lot of work. And he's like, I just want it to be easy. What the hell? And those two people actually agree on something. Mm-hmm. The one who thinks that it should be a lot of work is saying we need to put in the effort so that it can be easeful. The one who thinks it should be easeful is saying we should live in the ease and the rest will take care of itself. So if they can get on the same page through creating a plan, an actual plan for how their relationship will evolve. Who's going to do what? Yes, the practicalities, but also where are they going? I have people make a purpose statement. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of your relationship? What are you trying to accomplish together? Then they can get on the same page. And from there, these couples can now live in their genius. They can 
actively do what they are meant to be doing. And they can outsource the rest. You can outsource a lot of things in your life, but you can't outsource growing your relationship with your person. I'm so glad that you said that you have your clients do a, a purpose statement. I call it a vision statement for mine. Yes. And it, it, it blows my mind that when you start talking to couples about like, where do you see your relationship going? If you could create the perfect relationship, what would it look like? Because yeah. we all feel like relationships are, are just going to happen. And it, you have, there's so much intentionality behind it. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen couples divorce and I've seen couples break up and I've seen people go through things and I'm like, oh, if they only had a vision, there's a scripture yes. in, in Proverbs that says without a vision, people cast off restraint. You know, there's no boundaries. There's no plan. There's no structure. It's just, we're doing whatever feels right at the time. And I'm doing what makes me happy. You're doing what makes you happy. And it's just total chaos. So project relationship, what was the inspiration behind the book? Were you, I, I'm, I'm imagining you were already, you know, obviously you're a therapist. And so you were already coaching and, and counseling and doing all of those things. What do you hope that your readers will gain? What is like the big picture idea that you had behind writing this book? Yeah, I woke up out of a, a dead sleep one morning at four o'clock in the morning. And the first story that I tell in the book was just there right in my head. I had remembered it in a dream, this like ridiculous, overwhelmed woman who could not do it anymore. I raised seven children while I was getting my degrees and doing all this stuff and running businesses. And I woke up and I, I thought, oh, I am no different from any other woman. We all need to decide how we're going to actually show up in our relationships. And I happen to be uh, like on a Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENTJ. I, I'm a, I am a leadership person. So I wanted to codify. I wanted to write down, what did I do that got me out of that terrible place where everything was falling apart at the, be and, and the beginning of the book? I'm talking about like, I lost my everything. I like, came unglued, dropping eggs all over myself, you know, hollering at kids. It's no good. When I decided to write the book, I wrote it down as an action plan on purpose because from that moment, that day that I had dropped eggs all over my shoes, mm -hmm. I decided that it was actually up to me. It was up to me to create the relationship I wanted, just like it was up to me to create the businesses that I wanted. And it was up to me to raise my children the way I wanted. They were, None of these things were happening to me. I am my relationship. And even though my partner at the time was also overwhelmed, working a job, running a business with me, all the things. I didn't need to wait for him. I there was there was no more waiting necessary. So I wrote the book so that people could just take a step-by-step -step look at their relationship and start addressing the things that yeah, would have been great if we addressed them 20 years ago. Awesome. But the next best day is today. That's just right. start yeah. and be logical about it. I I think that when we think about love, we think it should just happen or we think it should be like floaty or it should just come naturally. There's nothing natural. There's no how to love class in high school. Right. There's no, I'm a sex educator too. There's no how to do that right. either. <laughs> and so why would we know how to do this? When, when someone is ready to up-level their relationship satisfaction, all they have to do is decide. That's step one, just decide. From there, you can get a lot of help. I can help you. You can help them. <laughs> like these, there are people out there ready to help you because it's not actually an unlearnable skill. Love is a learnable skill set. I love that. That's right. Love is a learnable skill set. And I think that sometimes what you were saying earlier about 
because we we all know that love is something that we all need. Sometimes we feel like it should just come natural. Like breathing comes natural, right? We have to breathe. We don't think about it. We just do it. Love is not that though. Love it's not. takes work. And the work doesn't have to be like laborious and overwhelming. And like, I think about the work that I get to do. I love what I get to do. And I know that you love what mm-hmm. you get to do, but it's still work. There's it still is. You've got to look at those spreadsheets. You've got to do your finances right. You, have, I mean, there's a, there's a part of it that it's nitty gritty. And that we don't want to spend all day long, you know, doing our finances or, you know, looking at the the bones of the business. But those are things that you must do if you want your business to be sustainable. And it's the same way with relationships is that the whole process shouldn't be painful and overwhelming and and terrible. But there are those certain things like when you have to talk about conflict. Right. You can't just let it go because it's like letting your finances go because you don't want to think about it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's going to work great. Exactly. (laughs) My husband used to tell people they would, um, they would come into our CrossFit gym and he would say, so this is going to suck, but it's going to suck for an hour. And you can either have your whole life every day. You can be uncomfortable in your body because you're not moving. And it's not about CrossFit. It doesn't matter. Pick your exercise, right? Or you can spend an hour every day doing something that makes the other 23 hours more pleasurable. That's how I think of relationships. It's, it's about deciding to spend some time intentionally on them mm-hmm. and getting, getting a framework for your relationship makes that much more easeful. One of the reasons people think of relationship work is so much drudgery is because they're just like groping around in the dark. Mm-hmm. I've spent the last 12 years studying this every single day. And before that, making every single mistake, <laughs> <laughs> every single one, yeah. the, all that's studying has given me frameworks. I, so now I can do it quickly, right? It's that helps people understand. No, yeah. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to suffer through the work. In fact, I, so I take people through a one-year program where we, um, we dive deep into their relationship. That's how we dive in and they get frameworks and structures and ideas. And then they learn the practices that will keep this up diving in like that and deciding to commit to the process it's less expensive and it costs you less emotionally than a divorce does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that work? And divorce is work. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I got divorced. That was a lot of work. That sucked three years out of my life. Mm-hmm. So when I think about relationship work, I compare it to that. Like, well, wait, if I'm in a relationship with someone I do love, but I'm just not feeling it. Okay. Well, so how are we going to feel it? Mm-hmm. We can get back to that place. And actually, it's not getting back, right? It's moving forward. It's moving forward. And it's uncovering things that you never would have dreamed of. My husband and I will be celebrating 22 years um, of marriage nice. in July. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, like, I, I, it gets better and better and better. And it isn't because, oh, of course, like, you know, we're in a much better financial place. And, you know, our kids are getting older. All of those things are great. But I think it's because we're getting back to the basics and we're are building like I'm like we got married at 18 and 21. We had no idea what we what we were doing. None. So I'm like, okay, this is how you can create the the relationship. I tell a lot of my clients, you really can create the relationships of your dreams, but you have to create it. You have to work it. I love that you said that. Not going to happen to you. Exactly. (laughs) It's not going to happen to you. You are happening to your life. Your life is not happening to you. Yes. 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 So, oh my gosh, Jolie, I could talk to you forever. I think, you know, when you said you're at Myers-Briggs, I was like, that's why, that's why we're connected. That's it. Yeah. Are you familiar with Enneagram? I'm sure you're familiar with Yeah. I'm in Enneagram eight with a seven wing. 
So I'm a three, but my best friend's an eight. And yeah. we're, long, we're, we're like, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always late in fires. Always, always just willing to throw the grenade in, but right. in a good way, in a good way. That's right. Well, Jolie, tell my listeners, how can they find out more about you? Um, how can they connect with you if they want to connect with you? I'm like, share all the love, share all the things. Yeah. So I would love it. I have a great um, free guide that I think your audience would love. It's called the curiosity date. Mm. Um, if you're sick of going on dates and winding up talking about work or kids or nothing at all, then go download this at joliehamilton.com, J-O-L-I, Hamilton, like the musical, nice and easy. Um, and the curiosity date, it's a free date. You can go on in two hours or less and it's so regenerative. So yeah, you, and then you can find out more about me there on the website if you like. I'm excited about that. I will definitely link to that and I'm going to take that with my husband myself. Um, it's so much fun. <laughs> So yeah, I'm excited to do that. So thank you so much, Jolie. I'll link to your website and the Curiosity Challenge um, in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you so much for what you gave to us today. This has been a great conversation. I really thank you for having me, Dana. I appreciate it. Man, I am not kidding. When I said I could talk to her forever, I literally could talk to her forever. That was such a fun conversation. And I hope you guys got so much value out of that conversation, not only out of this one, but out of part one as well. Well, like Jolie said, be sure to visit her website at JolieHamilton.com. That's J-O-L-I Hamilton.com. And you can download her free resource, The Curiosity Date. Sean and I actually did The Curiosity Date when we were away out of town for Thanksgiving. It was just the two of us in a condo. The kids were out doing something else. And it was super, super intriguing. I'll say it like that. (laughs) Um, You're going to like some of the questions that she asked you to ask your partner, and it's going to help you to get out of a rut. So that's a free resource that is available for you. And of course, I will have Jolie's website and the link to the Curiosity Date linked in the show notes of this podcast. All you have to do is head on over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 68. I want to encourage you again to keep those podcast reviews coming. If Real Relationship Talk is an important part of your week, if you listen to these episodes on the regular, I would love to hear from you. And so would other people. There are literally people, you guys, who are struggling in their relationships who would be so much further along if they would just listen to the relationship advice and the relationship tips that me and my guests share on these episodes. So no pressure But I want you to know that every time you write a review, it helps the podcast to be found by viewers and listeners just like you. Well, it has been such a pleasure to be here with you today on the show. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on next week's episode. Take care. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.